3: Let's get it going on the Locked On Thunder podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your teams every day. I'm your host, Rylan Stiles. You can follow me on Twitter at Rylan underscore Stiles. That's R-Y-L-A-N underscore S-T-I-L-E-S. On today's show, let's talk about Chris Paul and how the 76ers being good inside the bubble could actually benefit Chris Paul and the Thunder. We're also going to talk about what you can watch for in tomorrow's scrimmage against the Boston Celtics and wrap up some Thunder and NBA news at the end of the show. This episode of Locked on Thunder is brought to you by RockAuto.com for all the parts your car will ever need, RockAuto.com. So let's dive into this topic about the 76ers and the Thunder. And I think about the Thunder all the time, and that's just how the brain works. And when the 76ers announced – Uh, that Shake Milton would be their point guard. You know, the guard out of SMU who had a good stretch here before the shutdown. When they announced he'd be their point guard and Ben Simmons would transition into that four spot again, they tried this a little bit with Jimmy Butler a year ago, uh, but Shake does have some attributes of a point guard that Jimmy Butler kind of lacks. Jimmy Butler uh, can play that point guard role for sure, absolutely, Uh, but he's really more of a two, uh, but... I see this and I cannot help but tie it back to the Oklahoma City Thunder because you listen to Ben Simmons talk at these media sessions and you go and you listen to him. He's talking about being excited to play the four. He's kind of embracing being the four while I'm not sure that he was comfortable with that power forward position a year ago. I'm not sure a year ago he would have this much excitement and he would have this much energy to go do that and willingness to go do that because his best – Asset in this is his playmaking. Uh, he, he's kind of like Darius Baisley, and I'm not by any means uh, saying that Darius Baisley is Ben Simmons. What I'm saying is, they both, they, they what makes them both talented is their playmaking. And to put Ben Simmons at the fore, You're going to lose some of that playmaking, so it's a question of if Ben Simmons can make up for that. Now he has the size, he has the athleticism to make up for that, because he talked about how you know in these practices he's setting those screens. He's excited to run a pick and roll with Shake Milton. He's excited to run a pick and pop even with Shake Milton. And you know he can play off the ball. He can cut to the basket. He can use that size as an advantage. Where with the ball he's more of a playmaker, and that kind of takes away a little bit from his athleticism. And then Joel Embiid. Joel Embiid came out and he is raving about Shake Milton. A lot of you listening to this podcast right now are at the 250 mark, and I've said Shake Milton like five times, and each time I've said it, you've said, who is that? But still, Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid are excited to play with this guy, and Joel Embiid uh, is raving that he cannot wait to have a point guard who can shoot again. A little bit of a shot at Ben Simmons, but still, uh, it, it frees up Joel Embiid as well whenever he can kick it out to somebody who can shoot and who can space the floor for him because Ben Simmons is in that entree territory where you're not playing tight defense on him at the perimeter. It's better to sag off of him, uh, not only because he can't shoot, uh, but that way you're more prepared uh, for his explosiveness whenever he does get that basketball back. So you're already crowding the paint for Joel with a point guard who you're going to have to, you're going to have to uh, trust or you're going to have to watch out for when shooting the basketball and shake Milton. That's going to make Joel Embiid even better. Uh, So Joel Embiid is ecstatic about this decision. Uh, And Again, they tried this before a year ago with Jimmy Butler, and it didn't work out as well as as I think that the 76ers and Brett Brown hoped it would, Uh, but it's a totally different scenario. I don't think, again, that Ben Ben Simmons was embracing that role. I don't think he was comfortable in that role of a power forward, Uh, and I think that he was kind of adjusting to moving from a playmaker with the ball in his hands to doing everything right off ball to contribute to the team winning. And so there's no surefire thing that this will work for Philadelphia. Again, we've seen it fail before just a year ago with a much better ball handler, uh, you know a much better player at that point guard position with Jimmy Butler uh, than you're gonna have with Shake Milton. So it's not a sure thing but if the but if the 76ers can make this work and if they look good, you have to think about this again. Go all the way back to October, many people picked this 76ers roster to go to the Eastern Conference Finals and even to the NBA Finals and be one of the top teams in the in the East. They they picked up Al Horford uh, who had been the Joel Embiid stopper in recent years. They thought that, you know, that'd be a huge addition. It hasn't really panned out that way uh, just yet. He hasn't really found his rhythm in Philadelphia, uh, but many people looked at this roster and said that they were a contender for an NBA championship, for an Eastern Conference Finals run. Many people were high on this 76ers team. And if Shake Milton, if having a point guard that's not Ben Simmons, unlocks that potential even a little bit, if they look much improved over these eight games and into the playoffs, if they look much improved from where they left off with Ben Simmons handling the basketball and being the point guard, then this is huge for the Oklahoma City Thunder. Because Chris Paul has not only revitalized his reputation – Uh, by embracing Oklahoma City, by embracing this locker room, by being the leader in this locker room. You look back at Houston. You look back at L.A., and he had issues in those locker rooms. And it wasn't always his fault, but there were issues in that locker room that seemed to follow him. And you put on top of those behind-the-scenes issues that he's an, an annoying player on the court, and he got a bad reputation. And a reputation I don't think was deserved. Uh, But he's done everything right in Oklahoma City to reverse that, to reverse the reputation. And then on the floor, he showed he is still an MVP candidate. I I think that he's going to finish top five in MVP. Now, that does not mean that he should come close to Giannis or LeBron. Uh, The MVP is more about narratives. uh, But I I think that he'll be a top five MVP finisher. I really do. He's been that good for this Thunder team uh, on and off the floor. So Chris Paul goes from... in in last July saying that people around the NBA saying how on earth do you take on this contract, you're never going to be able to move this contract without attaching assets to it, Uh, to Keith Smith telling us on this podcast a couple of weeks ago uh, that he's hearing from within the NBA that the Thunder will get assets back for Chris Paul and will not have to give up assets to move Chris Paul. And that's Keith Smith of Yahoo, who's very plugged in and in the know uh, around the NBA and you look at this 76er situation, and if they can pull this off, if they can be good with Shake Milton as their lead ball handler, with Shake Milton as their point guard, then the demand for Chris Paul in Philadelphia would be huge because they feel like they can win now. They have Ben Simmons. They have Joel Embiid. Chris Paul is looking to win now. He does not have many years left in the NBA, at least not at an elite level. And Brett Brown and that organization will get desperate. The fans are getting desperate. They're going to demand a change. And if, if Shake Milton can work, and if Shake Milton uh, can improve this team, imagine what sliding Chris Paul into that role will be. Chris Paul is a better shooter, a better ball handler, a better leader, a better everything, a better orchestrator of the offense. And now look at this from, from the coaching perspective – a lot of people within Philadelphia and around the NBA are down on Brett Brown. They don't think he's a good coach because of the playoff failures, because of the chemistry failures between Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid. Does that sound familiar? That's exactly what happened to Billy Donovan the last couple of years. And then inner Chris Paul and Chris Paul has led his offense to perfection and has improved his offense with suggestions and working with Billy Donovan. Uh, Chris Paul is a smart individual, uh, both in a basketball sense and off the basketball court and just in life in general. Uh, But he has a high basketball IQ uh, that that really helps these coaches uh, progress in their career and move along in their career. And I think that he can do the exact same thing he did in Oklahoma City. He can turn that team around. He can turn the reputation of Brett Brown around. If I told you a year ago that Billy Donovan would be everyone's runner-up for Coach of the Year for the most part, you would have laughed. You were still saying a year ago to fire Billy Donovan. And enter Chris Paul. He steadies the ship. He steadies the ship, and he gets the Thunder to a top seed in the West. So if Shake Milton can be the point guard that unlocks a ton of potential and a ton of talent from Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid, imagine replacing Shake Milton. With Chris Paul, and then still having Shake Milton as the backup point guard to run your second unit, because if he does this, he'll show he has NBA level talent, and he already has shown that he has NBA level talent. Now, what would a trade uh, for Chris Paul look like to Philadelphia? Well, you'd need Al Horford, and you need to make up four more million dollars. You can't just trade straight up for Al Horford, uh, and Al Horford by itself is not enough of a return uh, for Chris Paul if you're going to take on a bad contract. Uh, you'd rather just keep Chris Paul's large contract because he's going to be a better player. He's going to help you win more if you're going to have to pay somebody big money. Uh, So Philadelphia uh, would need to send Al Horford and then four more million dollars, or they can use their trade exceptions and and figure it out that way. But they'd also need to send uh, maybe the Thunder's pickback or something like that uh, to sweeten the deal uh, for Sam Presti and for this organization. Al Horford has a great relationship with Billy Donovan. You remember that the summer Kevin Durant left Al Horford wanted to come to Oklahoma City and team up with Kevin Durant, Russell Westbrook, and Billy Donovan, his old uh, Florida coach. Of course, Kevin Durant leaves to Golden State, and that doesn't happen. But Al Horford has a great relationship with Billy Donovan, a change of scenery, and not playing alongside Joellen Bede, uh, who kind of is just a better version of Al Horford, would help him greatly, I think. I'm not totally out on Al Horford being a good basketball player, uh, but a straight up trade of just out horford cp3 and some and some extra you know 4 million dollar stone in would not do it for me because if you're going to take on that bad con- if you're going to take on that bad and big contract with a with a salary cap going down i'd rather keep chris paul and just pay him money and continue to watch this team win and grow under his leadership and uh, alongside Shea. but if they throw in a pick or two if they throw in someone else uh, then yeah that that would be a good trade and, and then it'd be worthwhile for the 76ers because if shake milton can do what Ben Simmons thinks he can and what Joel Embiid and Brett Brown thinks he can, then it's going to be a huge improvement to add Chris Paul instead of shake Milton. And I don't like the hypothetical trade machines. I'm not going to do this a ton, but whenever I saw that, know, come by, that—that that, that's what the 76ers were going to do. Uh, I, I just couldn't help but think about the fact that Chris Paul has not only overhauled his trade value, uh, but the 76ers are in a position where they need to make a move and they need to get this right before they blow it up. They need to try one more, one more thing, just one more thing before they decide that this Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid pairing doesn't work. And Chris Paul fits the bill perfectly. If ben, if ben Simmons truly embraces that power forward role, and he's excited to play that power forward role, and he looks good doing it, then then Chris Paul is a, is a huge addition to Philadelphia. And he moves to the Eastern Conference. It's a little bit easier to win. You can pull off a few upsets there and get to the finals. His first finals appearance ever, maybe his first championship ever. I think Chris Paul would be happy. I think that the Thunder organization would be happy. And I think Philadelphia would be happy. This is the rare trade scenario that I don't think is crazy and that also, I think, benefits everyone. But again, it would not just be Paul and Horford and $4 million. It would would be some incentive and some assets from Philadelphia. But anytime that you want to move Chris Paul, you've got to take on contracts. That's just how it goes. So if you think that they can trade Chris Paul for Mitchell Robinson and a couple first-round picks, you're crazy. They, They need money back to make a trade work in the NBA. But... We'll see how this all transpires. I still think right now uh, Chris Paul is on the roster opening day, uh, but maybe not long after that. I just think that this offseason is so short and so compact. I don't see how you move that big contract in a matter of weeks. It takes a lot of logistics to do that, but maybe they can pull it off. But after the break... We're gonna talk all about what you can watch for tonight or or Friday night in the scrimmage against the Boston Celtics. But first, I wanna tell you about our good friends over at Rock Auto. RockAuto.com has been serving you auto parts online for 20 years. That's right, 20 years ago, you could have gone online and gotten RockAuto.com to send you auto parts right to your house. All the parts your car will ever need from hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of manufacturers. Any make and model, anything you need for your car, you can go online and find it at rockauto.com. And listen, there's no point to go to a local chain auto parts store. You're going to walk in there. They're going to type away on their computer. They're going to order your car part, and they're going to upcharge you for that car part when it comes in. Skip the upcharge. Go straight to rockauto.com. It's a family-owned business. It has hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of makes, models, and manufacturers. And don't forget to write locked on in the how did you hear about us box, and they'll know what to do from there.
0: Each week on the podcast, Trey and Kevin will pry open the sliding doors of a different what if moment from the world of sports. In these alternate sports realities, dynasties will fall, legacies will change forever, new goats will emerge. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcast. You can listen to Alternate Routes early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus.
3: We're back on the Locked On Thunder podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network. And the first thing you can watch for in these scrimmages this weekend, Friday night against Boston and Sunday afternoon against Philadelphia, number one is Andre. We don't know for sure that he's going to play, but it it would be a safe assumption, I think, uh, given what we know about his practice regimen and what's been happening behind the scenes, uh, that he will play because. A guy that has not played in two years, on top of this long layoff of not being able to consistently work out during quarantine and things like that, he's going to need all the time he can get uh, to get in game shape and to get back into an NBA rhythm. So he he cannot afford uh, to miss these three scrimmages and the eight seeding games if he if he wants to contribute anything in the postseason. And you don't you don't enter the bubble if you don't plan to contribute. So I think that we will get a look at Andre now. This first scrimmage on Friday is going to be found on oklahomacitythunder.com, and it'll only be live streamed there. It'll only be 10 minutes per quarter, and Billy Donovan did say there's going to be a heavy minute restriction, so do not expect to see all of these guys playing a ton of minutes, obviously. Uh, but Andre should get out there and run up and down, and that will just be a good thing. That'll just be a good sign to see him uh, playing basketball again with that Thunder jersey on, even if it's a practice jersey. Uh, it'll, it'll feel really, really good. Uh, but another thing is just Shea, and we've talked about this on this podcast before, We've had a longer layoff between March and now uh, than the last three off-seasons. And year three is when a lot of guys take their next step in their career. And for Shea, he told us that, hey, he's not stopped playing basketball this entire time. He's been keeping up with his basketball workouts. He's been keeping up with his basketball routine. And if he can take a leap in the bubble and we get a preview of year three Shea, this is going to be a fun, fun team to watch. It already is a fun team to watch, but it's going to be really fun. Really awesome. No one in a while has he look after that ankle injury. He's been practicing. He's been going through the the uh, workouts all week long. But I just want to see him play in a game with that with that minor, minor ankle injury and make sure that he's feeling good because the Thunder do need uh, him to be able to rotate in there for Steven Adams and run that two-headed uh, center matchup where you always have a starting NBA caliber center on the floor, which is something that, that a lot of teams cannot say for their rotations. And then lastly in these two games, Lou Dort. And not just how he defends, not just how he plays at shooting guard, not just how he shoots the basketball, but Lou Dort as a point guard. Because we all know Dennis Schroeder is going to leave the bubble eventually. He's going to have to have the birth of a second child. He's going to be there. Uh, And who's going to pick up the slack at that point guard? Are they going to stagger Shea and Chris Paul? Are they going to let Devin Hall, a two-way player who's now on the substitute roster, are they going to let him... Are they going to let him play at all and to uh, you know perform in that backup point guard role? I think an overlooked option is Lou Dort at that point guard position. Lou Dort was a primary point guard in college, and I want to see how that translates or if that translates to the NBA. So I want to see Lou Dort get some point guard minutes uh, in these scrimmages and in these seeding games to see just what the Thunder have in Lou Dort, the playmaker, and the point guard. Because I don't want to throw Devin Hall out there. And I like Shea and Chris Paul playing together. So the only other option is pretty much having Lou Dort run your point guard. And I'm not sure if he can handle it. I'm not sure if he can do it in the NBA. But what better time than a 10-minute scrimmage to test it out? 10-minute quarter scrimmages. And then Sunday will also be on OKCThunder.com, but it will move back to everything being regulation NBA, Uh, that'll be more like a preseason game as will the third scrimmage. And then we'll get in to the eight seeding games on August 1st for Oklahoma City. Uh, So that's your what to watch for in these two scrimmages. You're not going to be able to take most, you're not going to be able to take anything away from these scrimmages, I don't think, Uh, because I know we're all excited for Friday to roll around. I know we're all excited to watch these scrimmages, but it's going to feel just like it felt You know, six months ago, or whatever it was, uh, whenever you were so excited to see the Thunder play uh, the Dallas Mavericks in the BOK Center for the first preseason game. Uh, And then after like a quarter or two, most of you started tuning out because it was no longer real basketball. So don't expect this to be an an incredible game by any means. But if you are a nerd like me, if you are someone who's going to watch every second, uh, that's what you can look for. Andre, Shea, Noel, Lou Dort, Devin Hall. uh, Who's going to fill in for Dennis Schroeder whenever he leaves the bubble uh, for the birth of his second child? But after the break, we're going to talk about some NBA news that we've missed and some Thunder news to wrap up the show.
2: Sometimes, you and I need that kind of support, too. Think of State Farm like a pivotal team player. When you need help protecting the things that matter most, remember the jingle and just say, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there.
3: Let's wrap up the show, as we always do, with some NBA news to keep you in the loop from within the association. Uh, The NBA will announce their award winners during the postseason this year, and normally they save this for in the offseason, but I mentioned on Monday that Look, they're going to vote on these awards this week. They're going to vote and get it done before the eight-seeding games start. So – why not announce them right now whenever you're going to be hit with the NBA draft like four days after the NBA Finals is over. You're going to be hit with free agency a day after that, and you're going to just go boom, boom, boom into training camp, and uh, they're hoping to get the next season started in December. So you're not going to have time for your big award show. You're not going to have an ability to have a big award show in quarantine. So why not just go back to announcing it in the postseason for this year? They used to do this before. It was really cool to get to see the guys with their their team, and they're still in the playoffs, and they get their award. Uh, But – you know, that, that's just what they're going to do this year is for the announcement. And I'm sure next year, if the world is back to normal and we're not playing in a bubble, you'll get the flashy NBA awards show that lasts five hours for like five minutes of content. Uh, but the NBA draft lottery has been pushed up to August 20th. The NBA draft remains on October 16th. Uh, but on, on August 20th, you'll see the NBA lottery and we'll know who's picking where within that lottery. The lottery odds are locked, so the Wizards cannot just go to Orlando uh, and tank. They, they've locked all of the odds uh, to this point, and they'll continue to be locked. Uh, the only thing that can change is the Thunder, the 76ers, teams like that, uh, who are battling for a draft position right now. Uh, that can still change because they are not lottery teams, uh, but anything within the lottery cannot change. Uh, and then the biggest story of the day is that Kevin Garnett is trying to buy the Timberwolves and... If you know the story, Kevin Garnett cannot stand the Wolves' owners. This is a power move to try to buy the organization uh, as the owner is looking to sell the team. Uh, but the owner of the Vikings, I believe it's the Wilkes family, uh, has put in a, a great bid for the Wolves uh, to to really own them and the Vikings and, and cre- kind of create a monopoly on Minnesota sports. Uh, but Kevin Garnett's offer was not a A look-at-me, A-Rod-type offer. Apparently, it was a very competitive one, and it's something that has to be considered it was that good of an offer. So I hope that Kevin Garnett gets it. I think it would be really awesome that Kevin Garnett not only owns the the Wolves specifically because of his beef with the current owner and because of what happened within that organization, and he wants to keep them in Minnesota. He wants to change the culture in Minnesota. But also, I love the fact that the NBA would then create another owner from a player. You see Michael Jordan uh, owning the, the the Hornets. I would love the fact that, that Kevin Garnett has used his skill set to transform himself into a owner of an NBA franchise. It, it's awesome. Uh, it's an awesome story. I really, really hope uh, that his ownership group does get the Wolves, but we'll see how that all plays out. But that is an interesting note to follow along with, uh, especially within uh, the division here, and we all know what happens whenever the Wolves come to Oklahoma City, but Marvin Bagley of the Kings, who are battling for that play-in spot, is out for the season with a foot injury. Yet another injury for the big man, and sadly, I don't see his career ever taking off the way many expected. I mean, the number two pick in the draft. Once, once power forwards and centers start having foot injuries, they never truly go away. So I just struggle. You know, I really struggle with the idea that Marvin Bagley will turn around his career and stop being so injury prone. And that's really sad because he did have a lot of promise at Duke. Uh, But last but not least, Patrick Beverly leaves the bubble. And Patrick Beverly is going to go attend to some personal matters. I do not begrudge any player for leaving the bubble. I do not begrudge any player for having to deal with their personal matters. They, They should do that. That's way more important than basketball. That's way more important than this money grab of the NBA. But the more players that continue to leave the bubble and come back in, I just worry uh, that the NBA will not take it as seriously as they need to, uh, and they might rush back Zion for the, uh, you know, for the TV ratings. They might rush him back and, and play before he's cleared protocol, before he's cleared uh, quarantine, before he's gotten the four negative test. I worry about that, and of course, just in general, the more you move in and out of a bubble, it becomes less and less of a bubble, and you have more room for air. You have more room uh, for potential disasters. And I hope nothing happens. I hope the NBA will continue to be a leader in this area of COVID and to be uh, on top of their protocols and be on top of their game. But I do think that it is risky with everyone leaving the bubble. Uh, And again, it's not the player's fault. The player should absolutely leave 100%. Uh, You know, there's way more important things uh, than basketball, especially, uh, you know, any sort of basketball and especially basketball during a pandemic. uh, That's purely for money. Uh, So I don't begrudge Patrick Beverly. I don't begrudge Zion. I don't begrudge uh, Dennis Schroeder or uh, Marius Harold. I think I've got all of them that left the bubble. Uh, But the bottom line is every time you leave, there is a potential risk. And so far, the bubble has seen zero positive COVID tests. We'll see if they can continue that with their great protocols. And and Dr. Fauci did sign off on every protocol, including these ones, the the ones that – Uh, or made for excused absences. So this should be foolproof, and we'll see how well the NBA can contain it. Uh, But that's your NBA wrap-up for the day. On tomorrow's show, I'm joined by Madison Morris of 1077 The Franchise to talk all about Chris Paul and how he's embraced Oklahoma City, to talk about how good Shea can be, to talk about the thunder in this bubble, if they can make some noise in the postseason, and how they're going to finish up and if Dennis Schroeder's the sixth man of the year and where Billy Donovan should fall in the coach of the year ratings, it was awesome. Madison was great. You'll you'll hear that tomorrow morning uh, with her from 107.7, the franchise, and the OKC82 podcast with her, Brady Trantham, and Chisholm Holland. Uh, so that's what we have going on the rest of this week. Next week, we'll have our first ever game recap. Uh, I've been hosting this show since May and have not had the pleasure to talk about a single basketball game in the process. But still, uh, we'll get to do that next week uh, whenever the Thunder wrap up their two exhibition games over the weekend. So be good and be good to one another. We'll see you next time on Locked on Thunder.